Now we ask Brother Frank. Praise and thanks be unto the Lord our God. We are feeling already the presence of God. We have sung the songs by faith. We have heard God's word. And now it is, it is our turn to take God at his word. The days of the Bible are here again. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Today we have many greetings from all over the world. From Brother Wallström in Copenhagen up to Nairobi, Johannesburg, Cape Town, through the whole of Africa and from other countries. Brethren and local congregations are joined with us. I think here especially on Romania where 33 local assemblies are connected who are now listening and who are joining us. And in all the world one can hear us now in six languages. One is still missing. This is the Russian language. And it will also be added. And all the others can speak English, French, Spanish, Portuguese and all the other languages. Today we would like to welcome all those who are here for the first time in a special way. And we start with our beloved brother here in the front. Please stand up, brother. For the first time, a mighty preacher from Norway. We will call him tomorrow. We are just so grateful that the Lord is calling out people from all peoples, tongues and nations. Then we have the great privilege, for me a special joy, to welcome our visit from Chile. You two sisters, I ask you to stand up. These are the first fruits of the country of Chile. I rejoice in a special way. God bless you in our midst. Amen. From the very first moment on, we were joined in the Lord. God bless you. God bless you, precious sisters. Then we have our beloved brother Miskis from Sao Paulo with his wife. Now, midst, please stand up. God bless you. There is our sister. Here is our brother. God bless you. 
Where is the brother from Nepal? He can also stand up. There is our brother from Nepal. God bless you in our midst. We truly from all the world we visit from Eastern Europe from Poland from the Czech Republic from Slovakia Austria, Switzerland from Belgium from France from Holland from everywhere we welcome you now I would like that all who are here today for the first time that they stand up so that we can welcome you in a special way all who are here today for the first time there one brother and sister a couple God bless you in our midst there two sisters here one brother there and there yes and there yes Ah, our sister from Berlin, who was baptized the last time, God bless you. God bless you. Also here for the first time, the Lord God bless you. In our midst, may he bless us all from the riches of his grace. But in the same way, we of course welcome all of you. We rejoice that we may come together to hear God's word and to be brought up to date in the kingdom of God. The signs of the time to watch them. As our Lord said it himself, when you see these things coming to pass, then lift up your heads for you know that your redemption is drawing near. We will not go into details of what is happening now in the Middle East. We are praying for Israel in a special way. But, and now it comes, a true Bible-believing Christian loves the Jews, but he doesn't hate the Muslims. But we love all. We love all. And I remember here the meetings in the Muslimic countries. I like to remember them. The most dearest people whom I ever met, except of you, and except of Europe and the rest of the world, they are truly the Egyptians. Fabulous. Hospitality. Hospitality you can't imagine. Together with Brother Maynard, we had many meetings there, up to Alexandria. And we truly, we had the impression that we were loved from their hearts. Up to now, I preached in exactly 12 Muslim countries. Everywhere there are believers in all peoples, tongues and nations. 
as God promised to Abraham in Genesis 12. At the first promise he said him, he told him, in thee shall all kindreds of the earth be blessed. And as Paul says it in Galatians chapter 3, that in Christ all peoples are blessed. And also Paul, he said it in Acts 13, now we turn to the Gentiles, for thus it is written, I made thee a light unto the Gentiles. We are praying especially for Israel. Israel is the natural chosen people by God. All the prophets were Israelites and God chose this people to give the promises, to make the first covenant, to give the law, so that we can be convicted of sin. This was the purpose of, of the giving of the law. To convict us in our transgressions, because sin is the transgression of the law. And so, in the first covenant, the law was given so that we recognize and that we know what sin is. And when we transgress, then came the new covenant. And our Lord took all the guilt for all the transgressions, all the sins, all the chastisement. He took it upon himself which was actually for us. He in advance, he took it upon himself. He was made subject under the law to redeem us and to pay the price through his precious and holy blood. Everything has its place. The Old Testament with the first covenant and the New Testament with the New Covenant. And if we read Acts 15, then God will turn again fully to Israel when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And that's how Paul writes it also in Romans chapter 11 where he gave this subject, the whole chapter he gave to this subject. But we see also one thing, one event, which stands out to us in a special way, namely the safety zone. And we think here on First Thessalonians, chapter 5, when they shall say peace and safety, a safety zone, a peace zone in the south of Lebanon, on the northern border of Israel. And we many times on our Israel trips, we, look, we looked over 
to Damascus, we looked over into the Lebanon. We of course know a bit now. We have been on these borders and we know a bit of the things there. Everything took its course up to now and it will continue to take its course. But we recognize now that we arrived at the end of the end times. About this there is no doubt. The plan of salvation was shown to us in this book from the beginning up to the end in a very clear way. It was written down. We just need to read. And then, of course, revelation must come to it. If we have only the letter, this is not enough. Revelation by the Spirit must be given to it. And our Lord, especially in Matthew 13, he time and again, he was asking the question, have you understood all these things? Did you understand it rightly? And here we have also the words, he who has an ear to hear, just as in Revelation 2 and 3, seven times it's written there, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. And here, in Matthew 13, in verse 9, who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then, in verse 16, but blessed are your eyes, for they see and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. If we at this place make the statement here that all who lived before us, they did not hear it, what we are hearing today from the Old and New Testament, from this divine book, from this testament and thanks be to God everything is brought unto one denominator I would also to like to read verse 19 here it's written in Matthew 13 verse 19 when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not then cometh the wicked one 
and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This may not happen. This may not happen. The Lord, may he open our understanding for the scripture. And this happens in the moment where we believe, where we under the preaching of the word, where we believe what is being read to us from the scripture. In as much as we believe God, then he reveals unto us his word and his will. Right at the end of this long sermon, in Matthew 13, verse 51, we read again, Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They said unto him, Yes. Yesterday, I had a phone call, also from Chile, and Brother Manfred, he gave regards today, and some more also. But that brother, who phoned me yesterday for the first time, he said, Brother Frank, what a grace has been given to us that we can believe the message, that we can believe God's revealed word. This is a gift, a gift of God. Today we have a number of scriptures which we want to look at. I almost said which we must look at. At first, I would like to say, every time when God gives a revival on the earth, then there's a disturbance on, in the religious realm. There was great disturbance at the time of Reformation. Great disturbance. A great disturbance. Jan Hus, in the city of Constance, he was burned at the stake. He went up in flames. Martin Luther, Schwenkfeld and others, they carried the word. But in the big church was a disturbance. It was not nice in their opinion that there happened something which is outside of the church or of their leaders. The problem is only that everything what God does doesn't happen within the church but always outside of the church among those whom he can call out. There was disturbance, but it was a divine disturbance. And all who heard the message, they followed, they obeyed, and they believed according to the light and according to the knowledge 
which God gave at that time. And then again came a certain silence and behold, God again sent a man with a message, a John Wesley. And again, there was a disturbance. Again, arguing was going on. Some were for it, others were against it. And he who reads up the story of John Wesley, how many kilometers he was riding on a horse and was just carrying the word and how many rotten eggs were thrown at him and how he was rejected in the cities into which he came. But there were always people whom God has called out, who believed the message which was preached. A William Booth and then all the others came on the scene. Then came John Smith, the Baptist man, who put water baptism onto the lampstand. And behold, again came a disturbance to all who were nicely settled and who were celebrating their own services. Now the jump, 100 years ago, in the year 1906, God made a new beginning. Much disturbance came into all the churches and denominations up to the Berlin Declaration in the year 1909 that the Pentecostal movement is from beneath, from the pit, and that all the world must be warned. No, it was not from the pit. It came from above. But again it happened that people were called out because within the churches it was not received. Therefore, all had to come out who wanted to walk on with God. Then the jump after World War II when the Lord God called Brother Brenham in a special way as a Moses, as a Paul. He called him who truly saw the supernatural light which came into his room and who received a direct commission on the 7th of May 1946. Yes. And then came again disturbance into all the churches and denominations who were nicely settled, who were forming their own denomination, who were publishing their own songbooks, who established their own doctrines, after which they would line up and all the preachers in every denomination 
had to agree and comply to the regulations and pattern which was set up by various denominations. And right at such a time, now in the end time, God sent Brother Brenham to give the last call, the last message before the return of Jesus Christ. And I think here especially on two scriptures from Exodus. Exodus chapter 4. Let my people go that they may serve me. And Deuteronomy chapter 4. Gather me, my people, that they hear my words. With a divine commission and sending is a divine purpose connected. And a divine purpose goes beyond what is happening in local churches. Brother Brenham was not a pastor of a local congregation and not only evangelist, but he really, as we recognized by the word of God, he was a promised prophet with a divine message addressed to the people of God in our time. And the purpose of this divine message is to call us out from all traditions, which are, of course, interpretations, and which were added to the scripture, to call us out. And today, I read you the most important word, the most important word which is written in the New Testament in reference to the snares which the enemy laid and are bringing people under his will. I read it to you from 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy from chapter 2. A word which already was flashing up to me already last Sunday in Zurich. Second Timothy, chapter 2, from verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive or be quarrelsome. I hope, brothers and sisters, that you who know me quite a, quite for long, a long time, and Brother Rus and all of us, that we don't feel like arguing about biblical truths. One does not argue about. Biblical truths are what they are, and they remain what they are forever. About interpretations, one can argue. About that, what the Bible says very clearly, no man needs to argue. It is either accepted or rejected. Arguing one does not need. 
The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle or friendly unto all men, apt to teach. I don't know whether I'm friendly. I cannot confirm this, at least not when I look into the mirror, because I indeed, day and night, I bear the burden for the people of God. I have no, not one single problem for everything the Lord took care of, but I bear the burden on my heart for the people of God. At the return of Jesus Christ, I want to see a prepared bride and that we are taken up together to this God may give grace. It continues. In patience enduring evil. Huh. This I experienced many times. And up to today. Then I get very friendly. Up to today. I can pray for everyone. Who misunderstood. What God is doing right now. I can pray for all. Who place it wrongly. I can pray for all who don't mean it well with me or with us. But now comes actually that of what's all about. Verse 25, and then especially 26. In meekness instructing those that oppose him. There are people who are hearing the truth and yet have an inner resistance because they were so long in that system and they don't want to lose, to let loose of it. And God must give them the grace and the strength to do it. And here it says, whether if God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. The repentance, give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And now, verse 26, which must be, which must be emphasized, verse 26 that they may recover themselves or come to their senses, recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. And this is the catastrophe. The enemy doesn't always pull tight right away the sneer, but he keeps us. If we remain in false doctrines, and then you can all read it in the previous chapter, and also in the same chapter you can read it, what is written there, that men deviated from the truth who have a corrupt mind not the right mind 
And like Himenaeus and Philetus, they said the resurrection is past already. You can read it in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And of such people, it is written in verse 17, and their word will eat as doth a cancer. False doctrines, they have a germ in itself. They are eating. They are eating around like a cancer. And then it says here, to them belong Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth, brothers and sisters, it is about the truth, and the truth is God's word. And just to make the bridge here, the enemy in Genesis 3, in the Garden of Eden, he started with it, to question God's word. And he got the attention of Eve, should God have said, and to that what God said, He added one word. You can read it. Genesis 3. In comparison to Genesis 2 verse 16. And by this it started. That God's word was not left in the original. Because God is in his word. And the words of our God are spirit and life. But Every twisting of the word of God is the work of the enemy. And the enemy lays a snare around us by every interpretation of the word. And the worst is so that they submit to his will. This is the trouble. He who remains in the word remains in the will of God. He who goes over into the, into the interpretation is a slave of the enemy and submits himself under his will. And this brings us back to Isaiah chapter 14 where Lucifer and all who speak Spanish they know La Luz, the light La Luz, the light. So, the light bearer. The light bearer. He didn't like it to remain in the position which he had. He wanted to get higher. Let us thank God and let us remain in the place which he ordained for us. Because only in this way he can and will bless us. So, everything goes back to the enemy who twists the word and who adds his own interpretation to it, putting a snare around the people. I say once again, he doesn't pull the snare tight right away. And therefore it says here, that we have the opportunity 
to get out of the snare of the devil. This possibility we have, there you don't have to ask God at all. God sends his word to make us whole and to lay the truth into us. I read this verse again. That they come to their senses and that they recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. What good is for all the people the pious prayer Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if they are kept in the many snares kept in it and are turning their back to the word of God and just believing all the interpretations. And now we are coming to the point. Sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is the truth. The divine message is a message of deliverance, of the leading out, so that we really lay off every snare which was laid around the church, around us, that we put it off, loosen themselves. But when does this happen? Only in the moment where we recognized that Satan has, has laid around us in a pious way a snare, namely by all the various teachings and interpretations which are not in agreement with the Holy Word of God. And there we are coming to the point. When we speak about the original doctrines within the entire message, then only for one purpose, so that we recognize what is right and, and only if we recognize what the right doctrine is, then we will be able to discern what is not right. And only then we can recover ourselves out of the snares of the enemy. This is the time of calling out, let my people go. Loosen yourself of every bondage, of every enslavement which the enemy introduced to get the people submissive to his will. We could go now into many things, but today it is not about what churches are not doing right. Today it is about that what we have to recognize and to know in the presence of God, to do it the right way. In James, in the last verse, the man of God has also written in referring to the loosening 
in reference to the deliverance of that what is not in line with God and His Word. James chapter 5, the last two verses, 19 and 20. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, it is about the truth, about God's word. If any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. What does this word tell us? He who drops out of the truth drops out of eternal life because Jesus Christ is the truth, the way and the life. Eternal life is really only in Jesus Christ our Lord. And therefore, we must abide in Him and in His Word. You can read it, 1 John, chapter 5, 1 John, chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. This is already a word which can be addressed to all who did not yet experience a conversion who didn't have experience with God. With this it starts. And whoever wishes to read about a biblical conversion, let him take Paul as the best example. He saw the light. He heard the voice. The way was shown to him. He stood up and was baptized. A true conversion takes us out of darkness and transfers us into the light from the spiritual death into the new life. A true conversion is a turning back to God and then is fulfilled what is written in the Gospel of John in chapter 1 that all who are born of God, all who are born of God, not by the will of man. Here it's written. John, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God even to them that believe on his name. 
which were not, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God, or begotten of God. I've said it already last time, and we will have to write about it in the original text. There's really only one word for begetting and for giving birth. The same word for begetting and for giving birth. Because it is about the seed. About the seed. But about this we will write something. Here in brackets it says, in this translation it says, in brackets, he is begotten of God. In many translations it says here, he who is born of God. Yes. And whoever reads in First John chapter 5, will time and again, he will find one word written and the other word he finds in brackets. Begotten and born. The same word. Concerning the man, it was begetting, referring to the woman, it was giving birth of the begotten one. But to this we will still have to come. Now, coming to the word of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Here, an introduction is given to us in the will of God. And brothers and sisters, the same Paul who wrote about the will of God and of whom we just read the word that people are going into the snare of the devil and are submitting to his will. Some translations say to even do his will. Yes. Every time when the enemy interprets the word And if we believe it, then we are submitting ourselves under the will of the enemy, are doing his will, because we believe what he said, and therefore the emphasis of our Lord, he who believes on me as the scripture says, believing as the scripture says, not the interpretation, Paul starts Ephesians 1 with the will of God. Right in verse 1. Ephesians 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. By the will of God. To show the people of God the will of God. To share the word with them. And then it continues from verse 3. And we all agree. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Who can say Amen? 
who has blessed us in Christ. And these blessings become visible. They can be experienced. They will be fulfilled by His grace. Namely with those who can believe that independently of your and my works, God has chosen us from before the foundation of the world. And only he who can believe this, he can resist the enemy. When he comes, when he comes as the accuser of the brethren, and just accusing, then we can come to him with a word. Depart from me. I am chosen by God from before the foundation of the world. The blood of the Lamb was shed for me. I am God's own possession. Depart from me. Let us read verse 4. In Christ, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him. Will God complete? Will He finish what He started? There's no other way continues verse 5 in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will Paul writes ordained by the will of God as an apostle And now we have here the will of God in connection with the good pleasure, the well-pleasing of God. We read on. Please believe it. Having predestined us according to the good pleasure of His will. Thanks be to the Lord. Verse 6 to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Made us accepted in the Beloved. How often we are quoting Galatians 4 verse 4, that we in the Son have received the adoption as sons and that God has pardoned us and that we and thus we have having full part in the redemption. We of course don't believe in a religion. We believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Redeemer. Please keep in mind, according to the good pleasure of His will, Here the will of God is compared to the will of the enemy 
who entices the people, putting a snare around them, according to the good pleasure of his will. We read on, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, please, also all, all the newcomers, believe it, receive it for you personally, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In him we have. We have the reconciliation, the redemption, the forgiveness. By grace we have it. Verse 8, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and understanding. And now it comes. Now comes the second emphasis. After it was said of the good pleasure of his will, now comes the mystery of his will, which he revealed to us. Verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. To whom? To all them who have his well-pleasing, who just can believe with all their hearts that God has seen us before the foundation of the world. He has chosen us, pardoning us in Jesus Christ, made, predestinating us to be his sons and daughters according to the good pleasure of his will. And therefore, he revealed unto us the mystery of his will. As it continues here, according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. He purposed to do it, reserving it for him. And he is doing He is carrying out what he purposed. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And again we read in verse 11 and 12 in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him. We are in possession of the inheritance, of the salvation which God has given us because we have been predestinated uh, uh, 
Corinth, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now we have three times the will of God. According to the good pleasure of his will, the mystery of his will he revealed. And then, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. No one was his counselor. He was alone. And he, before the foundation of the world, he purposed and decided everything. Now I'm asking you, I'm asking you, what is lacking? Only our faith. Let us honor God by believing everything what he prepared for us in Christ Jesus. Please, take it to heart. According to the purpose of him who worketh according to the purpose of his will, worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Who wants to stop it? Who wants to hinder it? He purposed it. He's carrying it out. If we look on ourselves, then we see some kind of faults. We see patchwork. But when we look to God, then we see already the completion. The perfection. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he shall appear, then we shall be like him. Let us summarize. On one hand, By God's holy word, the whole counsel of the will of God was revealed to us. As he purposed it from before the foundation of the world, according to the good pleasure of his will. And now, at the end of the time of grace, He calls out a church which is brought back into his will. She is pulled out of every snare of the enemy. And as we said before, we are hearing the word of truth and the truth sets free. But each one who wants to come out of the snare of the enemy, he must first recognize the truth, must be penetrated by the truth, must look through the schemes of the enemy and must say, so my time has come. I make myself free of everything what made me to be submissive to the enemy to do his will and I return to the Lord my God so that I can be found in his will. Three times our Lord said and strange enough the formulation in all three Gospels 
is a little bit different so that everything could be included. I read it to you from Matthew. Matthew chapter 26 and you will see the small difference but it must be so that everything could be included. Matthew 26, verse 39. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Not as I will. Keep it in mind. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, Mark 14, verse 36, we read, Mark 14, verse 36, And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will. At first, not as I will. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. Here, not what I will. Not what I will, but what thou wilt. Thy will be done. Not what I will, not as I will, but as thou wilt, as you purposed it from before the foundation of the world. In the Gospel of Luke, we have then the direct statement, thy will be done. Luke 22, Luke 22, Verse 41. Luke 22, 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Let us say it once again. In Matthew, not as I will, but as thou wilt. In Mark, it is included, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And then, in Luke, Thy will be done. Brothers and sisters, everything is included. 
the how and the what. Everything is included with the Redeemer and with the redeemed. Thy will be done. And whoever can believe this with his heart and receives it for himself is loosening himself from the snare of the enemy. And I think we must read it again so that you get the depth. I almost said that you see the bad of it, what is connected with it. If people are believing false doctrines and by this get, a, get enslaved by the enemy and get a snare laid around their neck by the enemy. Second, Second Timothy 2, just verse 26, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. I've said it before. With Eve, it started. And it goes throughout the whole history of mankind. And therefore, God has revealed unto us the word of truth so that all who belong to the church of Jesus Christ that they loosen themselves from everything what is not in agreement with God and His word that they are sanctified in the word of truth and by this and as the bridegroom was the word made flesh so may the word of promise become true in the bride church. Now, one word to all who did not yet experience the grace of God. Brothers and sisters, it is really upon our hearts that all who are hearing God's word at this place and worldwide, that they are hearing God's word, that they also experience it that they experience it. That really the book of Acts could have a repetition and that we all would experience it personally. That the sick get healed. That the captives are set free. That the lost get saved. That no one, that no one goes from here as we have come, but that the days of the Bible, the story of the book of Acts and of the early church, that it becomes our story at the end. You all know, Brother Brenham had a blessed a God-given, one could say, a restored ministry. What happened through him and his ministry, which God gave him, 
such has never taken place before in such a way. And God had to draw the attention unto the message. He wanted to draw the attention to the message so that we are made aware that such a supernatural confirmation must have a purpose which is connected with the plan of salvation. Then we are at the promise. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. About this, many are laughing and are shaking their heads. We are happy about it because God was watching over His word. God fulfilled what He promised and up to today we didn't hear of any other who claimed this word of promise for himself or for his ministry. Point one. And point two, I'm not judging. I'm just stating all the others, also all the world-renowned evangelists, they remained in their traditions, remained in their teachings. We don't want to list them here, but everyone, all of them, they remained as they were before. All believed afterward as they believed before. And not one of them had the message to sound forth the last call. Ye, my people, come out. No, all said up to, the, up to today, come, we all belong together. We can all praise the Lord together. And all are praising the Lord together. And all remain with all their snails around their neck. All remain in all the false doctrines. And the enemy is laughing at all of them. And they all are of the, of the opinion, we are all, all coming into heaven. No. And again, no. We do not return to Rome. We return to Jerusalem, to the word which was at the beginning, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, where Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And our Lord says even today, as written in Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church. And Paul says to all of us, as written in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, As a wise master builder, I laid the foundation. Another foundation cannot be laid than that which is laid. One just needs to read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Perhaps our brother from Norway 
can also testify to it. He was also already in many countries. Everywhere there is the Nicene Creed. Yes. I don't need a Nicene Creed. I need one confession. And this is written here. And I say it once again, brothers and sisters, in all the councils, in all the dogmas, the enemy brought his interpretations among the people, has put a snare around the neck of the people and is leading all of them to the slaughter. And therefore, God has sent his word to set us free, to loosen us, to lead us out. Ye, my people, come out and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. And then, only then, the church becomes the pillar and foundation of the truth. As written in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, the church is not a building of lies. The church can't stand any interpretations. The church wants to hear God's word in the original, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And by this, walking forward by faith until we experience the completion by grace. And because God said it, remember the three wills of God, the good pleasure of the will of God, the revelation of the counsel of God, and the revelation of that, the best is, One reads it again to have it precisely. Ephesians 1, once again. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will god purposed he has given us the redemption in jesus christ his only begotten son in him we have the redemption through his blood and who whoever didn't receive it yet may do it today There may not be any meeting without that people have the opportunity to dedicate their lives unto God, to receive and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, to experience the grace of God personally. Everything may and will and must be experienced by us who we believe as the scripture says. Now, just one question at the end. Did we all let loose of every snare, really of every wrong teaching, of all traditions of men, of everything, did we loosen ourselves? 
did we recognize that by this the enemy laid a snare around us to make us submissive to his will. I'm asking now, maybe because of that, because last Sunday in Zurich there was a sect specialist in our midst in the service to see and know what is going on there. I'm asking, here and today I'm asking, who of all the churches and denominations can be neutral? All 375, as they were gathered in Brazil, they are all looking to Rome. Who of them says, come out? To everyone a snare was laid around their neck and all are led to the slaughter and all are singing glory, glory, hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, if it were possible, then even the elect would be deceived. But this is not possible because the elect were ordained before the foundation of the world to hear the truth and to be set free by the truth. And then it is confirmed, whom the Son of God sets free, he is free indeed. Have you understood? Our Lord was asking, have you understood? Matthew 13, have you understood? what it was about in today's preaching to really to show us on one hand the will of God according to the word of God in the word of God on the other hand the will of the enemy the enemy who already said in heaven I will exalt myself I want to be like the most high I want to go up unto the mount of congregation. I will, I will. And this enemy managed, I say it once again, in all these councils, in all the synods, he put a snare around the church fathers and they passed on this snare to all the peoples, in all the nations, they passed it on. But today, is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time. Today we say to each one, you can be loosed out of every snare which the enemy has laid around the people. Make yourself free. Come to the Lord. Believe as the scripture says. And the enemy, then he lost every right on you. Sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word, thy word is the truth. Hallelujah. Blessed and praised be the Lord our God. Amen. We stand up for prayer. Before we pray, we want to open our hearts before God. We can just preach the word. The Lord must reveal it.
And the Spirit of God leads into all the truth. The Spirit of God convicts of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they don't believe. Of righteousness that the Redeemer ascended and sits at the right hand of God. Of judgment that the prince of this world is judged already judged and therefore our Lord said I've seen the enemy falling down yes the enemy is conquered Jesus Christ is the victor of Calvary perhaps I should say this also here a sister she had a dream The enemy was attacking her very much. It was about death and life. And she saw something, if I remember correctly, she saw something like a lizard. And she put her foot upon it. And the voice said, this is not enough. You must crush it. And the sister who has seen this like this and heard it like this, she saw in the dream, like she really, she not only put her foot upon it, but she really, she crushed it. And in the next moment, she was healed. Sometimes God speaks, sometimes God speaks also through dreams to us and gives us an instruction. Our Lord bruised the head of the serpent. Our Lord is the victor of Calvary. And we put off every net, every snare, every trap. We put it off and we come to God. And we thank our Lord. Today, we thank Him together. And the prayer today, this must really ascend as from one mouth up to the throne of God. We are the blood-bought flock. We have heard God's holy word. We believe it. And now we will thank God. Before we do this, let me ask whether some have special prayer requests in our midst. Do we have special prayer requests of course of course who prays for salvation for healing for deliverance or other petitions which we can bring to God today we will do both on one hand all the petitions and prayer requests we will bring to the Lord God in perfect faith we believe that he has answered us, that he heard us, and then may it go over to the praise, to the thanksgiving, because we have much reason to thank our God. And may all who listened now, may all thank the Lord now, 
because he is calling out his people worldwide. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are coming before your throne of grace in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And we pray tonight that all get saved, that all get healed, that all get delivered, that today is a repetition of the book of Acts that it takes place in our midst, that your word is confirmed and we pray that all are putting off the snares of the enemy, that they loosen themselves of every snare of the enemy. And today a total deliverance could be, could be given to everyone by your grace. Great God, you are sending your word and you are making us whole. You are teaching us. You are blessing us. Precious Lord, and now we thank Thee. Now we thank Thee. Lord, Almighty God, for Your grace, for Your faithfulness, for Your word, for the blood of the Lamb, for the Holy Spirit, who is ruling in our midst. O Spirit of the Lord, come upon us. Bless, Lord Almighty God, we are gathered as your people and you are saying to all of us, let my people go, let my people go, Lord our God. You are free. You are free. Praise, honor and glory be unto the Lord, our God. Yeah. 
And now we will sing only belief. And he says to all of us, let it be done unto you according to your faith. Also today, it is done unto us according to our faith. Brothers and sisters, this service had its purpose that our eyes are opened about all the unbiblical doctrines, about all the heresies about everything which is not in line with God and His Word. It is a snare out of which we must recover ourselves, loosen ourselves and return into the Word of Truth to be sanctified therein and then to be able to do the will of God. Brothers and sisters, it is one thing, it is one of the most serious words which can be addressed to us in reference to both. On one hand, whoever submits to the will of the enemy has got a snare around his neck or around his feet, wherever. And whoever is found in the will of God is in the word of truth. And both is separated one from the other, just like darkness and light, day and night. Truth and liar separate. God's word is the truth. And every interpretation is a lie. And Satan is a liar. A murderer. From the very beginning. Therefore, we have heard the divine message. So that we can discern, differentiate. And that we can put our attention alone unto the truth and leaving everything else 
to others. The Lord God, who has given his word, and especially who ordained it for the end time, may he give us grace to recognize the day of our deliverance, because this is the day which the Lord has made for us. And even today, the message is valid. Let my people go, that they may serve me. And to this, may God give us grace. Who says Hallelujah? Blessed and praised, blessed and praised be the Lord our God, now and forever. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.